Wang, what's with the pictures? It's a parking lot. Come on, we in. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Ocean Park Podcast. Another episode with your host, Liam Fox. I plan to go to law school after I graduated, but uh, looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. Hello again, everybody. Glad to be back. Hope everybody's having a good summer so far. Just been thinking about the outlaw practices of being an early apprentice in the trade, getting into any line of work, usually starting in the beginning of the summer. So I've been kind of thinking about some of those experiences. So I'll uh, reflect on those in this next episode. So hope you enjoy. Fresh out of a prison sentence from Semiamo Senior Secondary in 1989, decided to explore the job market for means of uh, supporting myself and getting into the real world of marketing and working and uh, exploring how to be a good employee. I uh, started out with a landscaping company, which was uh, pretty much a meat grinder. And then followed it up with a opportunity with a local bricklayer. Now, not to get uh, into the complex relationship of a young apprentice and a overconfident uh, bricklayer employer, but uh, I spent a lot of time heading back and forth from the job sites in the Lower Mainland with uh, my boss at the time, and we kind of hit it off. Uh, we had similar uh, interest in music and muscle cars and of course the fine art of bricklaying. So we, uh, we were at a job site one afternoon and uh, my boss would be constantly teasing the general contractor and his general manager brother who is a lovable dolt. Uh, on matters of uh, construction and bricklaying at this particular site. One afternoon, we had a run-in with some of the drywallers, uh, a fun interaction, kind of a mingling. Now, there's a bit of con camaraderie on construction sites. Uh, boys will be boys. Attitude used to roll pretty thick. And so with that came fun and games and the odd bit of prank, uh, prank the trades guy. So we saw these drywaller uh, characters messing around with a little bucket of water and they were tearing up some corrugated cardboard, which kind of, you know, intrigued our curiosity. So I inquired why they were soaking corrugated cardboard on this afternoon. 
and uh, they were more than happy to share that they'd come up with a system for extracting this uh, inner layer on the cardboard and making it into a mush and then forming it into what looked like a tapered log, uh, a.k.a. piece of poo. <laughs> this was uh, a great uh, you know, usage of employer time, uh, as you can see, but my boss was down with learning a new, a new trade. And so we keenfully uh, um, uh, got them to whip up a couple of pieces because we figured that there would probably be a, a good home for these new fake pieces of boo. My boss and I conspired that when the uh, general manager had left and his, his boss showed up in his brand spanking new, but not so new, 1967 convertible T-Bird that was absolutely mint. What a, what a piece of machinery this thing was that we would take some toilet paper from the portalette and place the fake pieces of poo on the builder's uh, driver's seat, on his leather seat. <laughs> now, he thought the guys that he'd hired on this site were barn animals, and he was half right. There was uh, some similarities. So... I guess uh, he came out of the car after I'd placed said pieces and erupted into an emotional fit. Uh, he couldn't believe that the sick bastards on his site, who he trusted, would come up with such a hideous plan to his baby. But here we are. I can't remember exactly if we let him in on the joke or not, but uh, I think we did. We just let him in and, you know, basically picked it up with our bare hands and said, okay, calm down, Jerry. It's, it's just a prank. So with this, uh, Jerry instructed his younger GM brother, Paul, to exact revenge on the bricklayers uh, by um, getting some silicone in a caulking gun and attempting to silicone the windshield wipers on the work truck to the windshield. Now this would be particularly annoying if there was a rainstorm and we we're driving back from Richmond to White Rock and the wipers uh, wouldn't work but the scheme fell short because I just happened to caught a glimpse of Paul in action with the caulking gun and so I came back and told my boss, I said, hey, Paul's trying to pull a fast one by mucking up the windshield wipers. And so my boss conspired to uh, pretend like they got away with the prank and that he'd burned out the wiper motors uh, with the siliconing. And so he came back with a bill to the construction brothers and he said that he'd heard around the site that uh, they'd seen somebody, uh, Paul in particular, uh, with the silicone gun uh, after the fact. So Paul, the, the builder, got a check out and, and, and made a check out for 
$125 or whatever the made-up windshield motor, uh, motor bill was. Now, I don't think my boss cashed the check. I think he ended up ripping it up in front of him and saying, you know, ha, ha, ha. But things were escalating around the job site. The uh, the pranks were, were flowing pretty hard at this point. So now a pinnacle tipping point where things had just hit the ridiculous. Uh, it was a lot of fun on this site, don't get me wrong. Um, if there was a birthday party, uh, strippers would come to the site, which was uh, pretty unheard of uh, after the year of 1989. Um, RIP uh, goofy old construction workers. But uh, Barry had one more trick up his sleeve for the builder. I guess, you know, the builder had got mad at Barry for whatever reason, and so Barry decided to pretend like there was this major uh, boiling point that needed to be executed. So he told me to go take the chain off the chainsaw, which would, you know, just leave the, the bar open. No chain spinning to do any cutting. You would just rev the motor and, you know, the, there'd be no cutting effect. So I said, what are you going to do with the chainsaw, with the chain off? And he said, watch and learn, son, follow me. So he made sure that it would start. He gave it a couple of pulls, and it fired pretty quickly. So in behind Barry, I followed him up the stairs, and we walked into the bathroom suite where Jerry was with the homeowner. And he says, Jerry, you son of a bitch. That check bounced from the windshield wiper motor. You're going to pay. So he cranked that, that chainsaw and it fired up. And Jerry's eyes were the size of dinner plates, thinking, oh, my God, Barry's flipped his mind. And Barry touched him with the chainsaw, which, of course, any reasonable person would think that there's a chain on it and that he was now going to be carved into Thanksgiving turkey. But instead, there was no cutting. There was just the touch of the bar. And then Barry breaking out in hysterical laughter, followed by me realizing that Jerry wasn't having a heart attack and that he would be okay. And this was really just, you know, the the top of the the rung for practical jokes. After that, I think it uh, pretty much came to a truce, and that was the end of the Richmond construction pranks. I had a friend in school whose house was one of the happy places to be. His parents got it. They realized that kids should, you know, have a pretty good time. They were always great about having my friends' friends over and making sure that uh, we felt welcome. They had uh, all the hockey equipment. They had the potato chips. They had the refreshments. They had, you know, kind of a nice little piece of uh, area situated just off Crescent Park, piece of property, and it was really a kid's nirvana. So I was happy to 
head over to my friend's place whenever I could get an invitation. Uh, there was lots of humor and goofing off and, you know, generally enjoying ourselves, living the boy's life. So you'd be getting the endorphins rolling on a regular visit there. And you'd probably get some good comedic stories or banter from the family members or you providing for the family members or anyway it was a great place to to go and visit my friend's place now his dad was quite a character and he was you know the man's man of the house and had some funny takes he had kind of a high profile job he was in and out you know he'd be on trips and so if the mom was working, then basically it was Lord of, the Fli- Lord of the Flies sometimes, within reason. But uh, I was having a dinner over there, and the dad was explaining how you could make a fake piece of poo with some skimpy peanut butter. Now, I don't know how this topic came up, but he was telling this story in between bites. And we were doing everything in our power not to take gulps of milk and then have it coming, pissing out of your nose like a torrential rain uh, when he hit the right comedic note. So it was very, very cautious, the eating, but you wa- you wanted to take in the story at the same time. So I was taking notes on this uh, Skippy poo construction instruction period at the dinner table and filed it away in my devious mind. So I think a bit of time had gone by, you know, a week or two, and I kind of came up with this idea to now employ this newfound knowledge and felt like it needed a new spin. So I told my friend, Jack, I said, hey, I'm going to do something upstairs. We're going to get your brother involved. It's going to be hilarious. So when you hear me stomp on the floor upstairs, tell your brother Kev that I'm probably screwing around in his room and that I should probably go check it out. So... I went upstairs and I went into the kitchen after I'd wrapped some toilet paper around my hand and I got some peanut butter and I smeared it across the front of the toilet paper like how some people would go to wipe their bottom. So with this heavy smeared on Skippy Chunky, it looked like quite a quite an abomination of feces and it was quite disturbing looking. So at this point I went back into the washroom and I stopped on the floor and then the old wood frame you could hear you know the activity you could hear the stairs and 
Kev came charging upstairs to investigate what had happened. I casually stepped out of the bathroom with the wrapped hand, showed him the evidence, and then took a big lick off the Skippy peanut butter. I could see Kev's knees buckle a little. I, th- I think something snapped. I think at this point he figured that maybe I'd just gone over the edge. I began laughing and then he realized that this was probably something not that he was perceiving. And he stated, oh my God, you're sick. I hope you've all enjoyed episode number seven of the scatological extravaganza. I hope uh, you guys have learned a thing or two about uh, cardboard poops and skippy poops. Look forward to joining you again at some point. Hope everyone's good. Take good care.